Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and I am joined by Jeremy Bradditch. Uh, just us today. How, how's 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 this week treating you in this um in like a, a general I, uh, sense? I, I drank a beer last night and watched about twenty episodes of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yep, that's fair enough. <laughs> Yep, yesterday was an awful yep. day of news. I was at work. Um, I think it hit everyone I was at work hard. and halfway through work, I had the news and I went, ah, oh, that sucks. I guess I'm going to drop my productivity levels drastically without my decision. Um, <laughs> oh, I guess that's what I, happened I am fortunate today. enough to go back to work throughout throughout the heavy-duty lockdown. Um, but also, I'm sure I'm going to watch a lot of Dragon Ball Z in between me being at home and me being... At work, downloaded yep. a lot of it, put it on my Plex yep. server. Uh, I'm up to I'm up to uh, uh, Nappa fighting uh, uh-huh. Go- Goku's back. Goku's back from the dead. Spoilers, I guess, for the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um, has he got that halo above his head? No, because he, no, because he's back from the dead. He has got the halo when he's dead. Of yeah. course. Yeah, he's alive again. <laughs> that fucking yeah, show. he's back. Um, uh, and. Yeah, he, he, he ran as fast as he could for about eight episodes to try and get yep. back to the fight. Um, and while that was happening, characters were dying. I know I know most of these, if not all of them, come back. Because um, I have seen this part before, but I just didn't remember where in the show I was up to when I watched when I stopped last time, which was pretty early on. Um, mm. So I'm just watching a chunk of it again. Uh, I still feel like, what based on what people said when it came out, that maybe the best way to relive the... Dragon Ball Z plot is to play Kakarot. Right, okay. Um I, I heard the Because I've heard it's basically just like the the full story of these of the series, but abridged and with gameplay. Well like I mean like you know, what I heard was, you know, if you're going through it the first time you should watch Kai. Um because that is literally just Dragon Ball Z abridged. Um but right. like yeah, no, I mean that's also fair, but also I, I don't mind the filler. It's fun. Um it's like okay. Oh, it's it's silly, you know, it's silly children's cartoons villa. Um but it's like yeah, I'm 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 I you know, I watched the entirety of Dragon Ball, um, you know, which is 150 episodes. So, you know, I'm I'm used yes. to it at this point. Um <laughs> for sure. Piccolo rules. Piccolo's dope. Piccolo does rule, although I don't remember why. And Vegeta did the 9000. I don't remember anything line. about that show anymore. Ve- is that him? Yeah, Vegeta says it. Yeah. It's oh. a lot less intense. Of a line read than you'd expect. Oh, it's been it's been memified into oblivion. It is no longer recognizable. Yeah, like when he <laughs> as it's true. Form. When he says it, he goes, "He's over nine thousand. Like it's really like not like that intense. Yeah, um, which is like I look at it like, oh, I I wanted I wanted more than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's fine. Uh, last last night I I celebrated uh, further lockdown restrictions by playing Halo with. Uh, Ollie and his friend Matt, and we were, they had discovered the custom game browser. Right. Yep. And so there was an inf- a bunch of infection. There's an infection map that they were playing when I started, which is all of the humans start at the top of this big long tube ramp with warthogs, and they have to get in and they have to drive off into the ramp, and it immediately teleports you to the top of the ramp when you get to the bottom. Yep. I've 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 done that one. Go, yep. You just go over and over and over and over and over, getting faster and faster. And there's one that's a reach classic zombie with a gravity hammer at the bottom. Yes, yeah. 
and then you, you kill more and there's more gravity hammers and the, the warthogs get faster and they tumble out of control and they crash and light on fire. You have to get a new one or sometimes you fall out and you're just defenseless. Or you have to try and run up the, the entire hill again to get back to the warthog. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's so good. Um, and Matt and Ollie were just laughing the whole time. Literally the whole time. It yep. was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did like a, like a modified rocket race. It was a bad Jenga map. I don't know. It was a fun night. <laughs> custom game browsers uh, are just so un- underrated oh so much right and you know it means you could play like proper gun game and stuff like that like it it's it's really good yep especially in halo like yes. that's that's the halo experience i feel like yeah it, yeah I, like halo 3 i've said it before on the podcast halo 3 halo rich custom games both of those like a real special place in my heart really really mm. special mm. So, if you're unfamiliar, this is the Minimap Cast. Uh, uh, we have a website called minimap.com.au, and then we post podcasts and written word and stuff about video games on it, uh, along with our third June, who will be here in a, in the next episode or two. Um, if you want to support this podcast, uh, giving it a, a rating on your podcast service of choice, wherever you found it, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you could also find us on patreon.com slash minimapau uh, if you wanted to support us monetarily. Uh, we're going to get basically right into it right after I say thank you to uh, Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D improv uh, from their YouTube channel as the music for the Minimap cast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Um, Jeremy, over the weekend, we played a few things, um, but most notably we paid, paid? We played the free open beta for Back for Blood. Yes, we did. Uh, which, for those who are unfamiliar, is a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. It's made by Turtle Rock Studios, which are made, which is a studio founded by ex Left 4 Dead developers. So it's very, it's very Left 4 Dead. Even you know, it's got the four in the name: Back 4 Blood, Left 4 Dead. Um, there's a zombie outbreak. You're shooting zombies along the way. You, there's four of you, you can heal each other, you go down, there's special infected, there's yeah. set-piece moments in every map. Yes. It's very Left 4 Dead. But um, we we played, uh, what, like two or three hours the other day? Yeah, something like that. Um, I can just I can just check on Steam how long we played. Yeah. We played four and a half hours. Four and a half hours, wow. There you go. Fair chunk, one PlayStation. Yeah. It was... um. It was good. It was good. I think um, it wasn't as it wasn't a slam dunk for me, the way yep. I sort of wanted it to be. Um, and we were discussing it as we were playing. But I think for me, in the end, the the differences in the game, like there's attachments for your weapons, and there's um, different ammo types and stuff like that. Like, they've kind of introduced... It feels like they've got some, like, Battle Royale mechanics in there, you know, with, uh, like, you got to loot around to find ammo and find currency and um, and get your attachments and attach them as you go. Sort of... So that's the sort of, like, mentality going into that. And that's what it feels like. You know, it feels a bit apexy almost. Um, but then also, they've got this card system where you can choose a deck to go into a round with and then you get options of power-ups, bonuses stat enhancements from that deck that you've chosen randomly. Um, and that can change the way you play your runs, theoretically. Um, 
but I didn't find those differences to be too different, and I found the foundation of the game, while very similar to Left 4 Dead, was different in some ways, or not lesser, but a bit under... oomphed, you know, it was missing some juice, you know? Under oomphed? It was missing some of that, that sweet game feel, Jeremy. <laughs> under oomph. Under oomph. Under oomph. That's the best descriptor I've ever heard for a game. Under oomph. Uh, but you, you ever play a game? Okay, okay, I need to just before we jump in sure. a bit further, I need to know what game you would consider to be over oomphed. Over oomphed. Uh, Nuclear Throne has you... got so much oomph. Yeah, you're oomph and a okay. half. Like the the screen shake. Oomph you know, it's Flambia, right? You know, and there's the screen shake and the sounds and the music and okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, would, would would you consider Doom to be over oomphed, or is that or is that sufficiently oomphed? Oomphed. I think it is sufficiently oomphed. It's not the screen shake isn't egregious in that one. The gameplay is egregious. Right, okay. it's, it's like the mechanics are intense, but it's not like the effects. It's not like the the feeling. Right. Um. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, I would make a black books reference if it wasn't going to be lost on you, Jeremy. But uh, how how did you feel yeah. about the beta? Um, I had a pretty good time with it. Um, I I've been thinking about the game since since I played it. Um, so I think just for a little bit of context, Kerry, you played a lot of Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah, I um, I did. It was like when I. You know, I did get Sorry, to play one. Totally realized that I asked you to answer a question while you were like literally milli- millimeters away from drinking. Yeah, some I've been in my mic and I was like, oh, but no. <laughs> that was sorry, I did not. No, 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 that's fine. It's fine. It's a it's a flowing conversation. I'm glad you asked him as early as you did. Um, I have played a fair bit of Left 4 Dead 2. It's worth me checking my hours. I think it's under 100. But what it was is it was one of the few games I could play on the family iMac at my mum's house when Steam became iOS compatible. Um, oh, 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 Mac oh, uh, OS X. OS X compatible, that's right. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, iOS is for phones. Oh, yeah. I, I knew when I said that that was iffy. Uh, so I, I've, I've played 83 hours of the game. So not a huge amount, but I've got... i got like a third of the achievements. Um, I just used to play it a, a bunch. And it was it's it's really fun, you know? The, 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 the quips between the characters and stuff like that. The... Um, the music in Left 4 Dead is really good, and the the feel of the zombies, even in like the censored Australian version, which we had for years and years, um, even shooting the zombies felt great in that one. Like, and even although they'd fade away yeah. and not explode into like gubbins. Um, so yeah, I do I do like I do like it a a, a good amount. Yeah, like I'm like I I I'd never really had that level of experience with Left 4 Dead two um, or one. Like I played. I played a, a a bit of it. Um, you know, I'm familiar with the characters and the 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 memes that came out of that game, pills here, all that stuff. Um, and I'd been through. I want to say I'd been through at least all the levels once. Um, but like I like I was playing other games at that time. I was playing TF2 and stuff. Um, Left 4 Dead was not a was not a big thing for me. Um, especially not after I'd started playing Call of Duty Zombies. Um, and then I was like into that a lot when I was younger. Did you play it when it came out, or were you playing Left 4 Dead after the fact? Well after, well after. Ah, um, you see, that that might have been part of it. Like I, I played the demo before it came out, and right? Then yeah. When it came out afterwards as well. Like I played the mo- my most my biggest experience with Left 4 Dead um, and Left 4 Dead Two is playing it on my friend's Xbox 360. Um, 
So like it was it was it was not a thing that I that I really owned until way way later. Um, so I think when playing Back for Blood, I I had a fun time like exploring what that game is and working everything out. Um, it is a beta, and so you know things will change along the way. But like it, th- th- some of the mechanics like was not made super clear to us, um, and mm. we had to figure things out over multiple runs, um, such In- as the way the health worked and the way you know, we would respawn if we died and stuff like that, right? Um, sorry, you were going to say something? I, f- I feel like the only tutorialization there was was for, like, the card system. Yeah. Um, and even then it was kind of unclear. And, like, there was no, this is how you use things, you can heal characters like this. Yeah, we had to figure it out. On yeah, um, which, you know, that's what happens in a beta, you know. Not, for example, I, I would I would certainly hope that yeah. tutorials, there will be more tutorials in the full release of the game. Um but yeah, I, I actually had quite a good time. I think the game has got a very strong visual look to it, a very strong visual style to it. Um, a lot of blood. A lot of characters just get absolutely <laughs> drenched in blood in that game. It's so like comically, hilariously, honestly drenched in blood. Like 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 <laughs> Sam Raimi, Ash vs Evil Dead level fucking like covered in blood. Um, like literally just swam in a pool and then got out of it and then is carrying a gun. Yep walking down the street mm-hmm. yeah um and like i think i think the guns that so we, we were discussing how the guns feel and and while we were playing the game carry you were you were pointing out that the guns in left for dead are quite heavy and there's a lot of feedback from when you shoot the guns and also when you actually shoot a zombie and that yeah. there is less of that in this game um and i think i i want to say that's because this feels a little bit more like a Call of Duty um, in, in that regard. Things are a little bit lighter. You're moving around a fair bit more. Um, and, like, running around, like, the, the, the there will be, like, little arena spaces that you'll be in in between the corridors of point A to point B um, throughout these games. And not that the corridors are explicitly, you know, very, very tight or claustrophobic. They are at some points, but they're not always. Um, they're very left for dead in that it's like you're going through a natural environment or through the ruins of a town or a facility. Yeah, yeah, and you know n- n- things don't really feel forced that you're going down this way. It's like, oh yeah, this would be the way that you would go. Um, the 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 actual the wider areas that you that you have in between the corridors, um, there's quite a lot of verticality in them, and there's quite a lot of like areas to honestly explore while you're in the middle of like a zombie fight. Um, which is cool because there are like there are rewards for exploring a little bit. Um, like there are traps which you can get fucked by. Um, birds, you know, will cause a, a horde to appear. Um, you know, shooting car alarms, opening doors that have got alarms, a lot of alarms. Um, but also, there's like there are you know hidden crates where you can get some extra items, some extra currency. Um, there are there are rewards for actually exploring in the game, which I think is quite good. Um, and I think that the special infected, I think while there are, I want to say four types of them, mm. um, they all have different variants, which I, th- which I, which I quite like. Um, so there's the, for example, that there's a very big one, which will like vomit out like gross goo that will do damage to you over time. Um, but there's a variant of it, which will charge at you and then explode once it gets very close and do a ton of damage. Um, and I, I think that's a good way to get a lot more variety out of the special infected without having to design entirely new special infected um that being said i, I don't i want to say that aside from 
the very tall zombies with the big arms, mm. most of them weren't really much of a challenge. I suppose the one the one that pinned you down was 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 a bit annoying because um, yeah. you couldn't always break free. But like they weren't they they weren't mini bosses. Um, they were just like stronger enemy types because you'd have a bunch of them at the same time, for example. Yeah, and that that is pretty you know left or dead. Yeah, um, like I, I think it's a good thing. I, I don't think I don't think a boss zombie <laughs> Last of Us Two um, really fits in 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 this style of game. But I think for me, the the ones in Left 4 Dead, like, they were so distinctive in so many ways, in their sounds, in their visual design, um, and then in their mechanics as well. Like, the jockey who would jump on you and then pull you around, or the hunter who would pin you and just shred you to bits, or the, um, the boomer who would explode if you shot it um, and would spit on you. You know, there's... there's, there's, there's there's similarities there, but I found yeah. these ones to be a bit more indistinct, especially the human-sized like ones that leapt around and either spat at you or jumped on you. I found them either to... I, I just felt like they weren't very aggressive a lot of the time. They just kind of jumped around and waited for you to kill them. <laughs> like there wasn't a... a Sometimes, yeah. Like there wasn't much that. of a, like, a hunter moment or... There weren't that many incapacitation moments, I guess, which is, which is a fun part of Left 4 Dead when you get... Um, stuck by a smoker and you're getting dragged away or when you get stuck by a hunter or when you get stuck by the jockey. It's like, oh, oh I need help. Someone, someone needs to break me out. Um, so yeah, I, I think the special infected were a bit less special. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. I think I, I, I think I maybe playing it a little bit later, I, I wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the special infected in Left 4 Dead um, only because I felt like all they really did got all they really made me do a lot of the time is stop me from playing um mm. uh which 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 I, I never like and i i felt that a lot of them sort of doing similar things to me stopping me here holding me here like i felt like i did feel a little bit samey a little bit as as i would play through the the games over and over again that's fair enough um not all of them um like i i quite like the bloater and i quite like the shrieker or whatever it's called the one that like yells um the, the, the one that's crying in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Like, I, I quite like that one. Because um, that one is, like, legitimately terrifying yes. um, at times. Um, but these ones, I think, there was a little bit more, like, I have to I have to treat each one of these ones a little bit differently. Aside from when they're not really that aggressive, I think part of that might have, might have been a balancing tuning thing. Um, th- like, I, I was approaching them all differently. And while they, they totally did feel less important than the special infected in left for dead um i think that they are maybe more more interesting gameplay wise um i think maybe it's it's hard like it's really hard to follow left for dead right like yeah you know people have tried like that's it's such a it's such a monolith of the multiplayer zombie shooter like you know history right like when you think of like the top three zombie games in my mind, it's like Left 4 Dead, I guess Call of Duty yeah. Zombies, and like Dead Rising. Yep. Maybe um, yep. you know, I you could you could potentially give like a you know, uh, as a special consideration to maybe like Dead Island, but like that one didn't get past the first game. Um. Yeah, pe- people who like State of Decay really like it, but it's a bit more niche. Oh, totally. Yeah, State of Decay is, 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 is a very different type of game. Yeah, um, no, but Left 4 Dead is king. 
because that's when that's yeah. that's also when Source games started coming to 360 and well, it was just 360 at that point. Yeah, um, Left 4 Dead was never on PS3, I don't think. It might have been. I'm not sure. Um, that might that might be an egregious mistake. Maybe it was just the first one. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it was a it was a bit of a moment, um, and it was part of the achievements mm. for the first time, and uh, you know, it yeah. kind, kind of coming in with um, you know, it was big when Achievement Hunter was was starting off, for example, and um, and online Xbox Live. It was the continuation of the of the boom from Halo originally. So. Yeah, it's just like th- that was literally what I was about to say. That it was, you know, it 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 got in at a point where the, you know, the explosion of Xbox Live, you know, coming out into consoles was like massive. That was why the 360 did so well for such mm. a long time because of games like Left 4 Dead, because of games like Halo, because of games like Gears of War, um, and then like you know the third party Call of Duties and all that stuff. Um, they th- th- this was totally part of that um, explosion in mm. multiplayer. Um, multiplayer multiplayer away from yeah. PC specifically um, but yeah like I don't know like I, I think I came out of this out of Back 4 Blood maybe a little bit more positive than you um, not like I'm not like you know jumping for joy but I'm I'm like I, I'll, I'll play this game on launch um, I don't know if I I doubt I'll play this game alone yeah um, because it's not it's not that kind of game I think you you want to play with with folks um it's got crossplay, which is cool. Um, crossplay working in a beta as well, which is pretty neat. So they're obviously confident that that's going to do well on launch. Um, it's got it's got matchmaking and it's got voice chat, um, which I'm going to turn off immediately. Um, that's fine. Um, it's got ping. The characters are like it. It does have a ping system. So important. So so like so important to me muting everybody. Um, yeah, like I I I'm keen to see how the game does and like. I, so there was only one campaign in the beta that we played and we went through it about one and a half times. Um, and then there was the, the, the PVP mode, um, which is, which is, Mm. which was fun. Um, like not like once again, I'm not jumping for joy over it, but like it's, it's, it's fun and it's cool that it's in there and, you know, because it's in the beta means it's probably going to be there at launch and they are, they seem Mm -hmm. to be pretty happy with it. Um, I hope that there's enough campaigns for me to, feel like I'm doing different things a lot of the time. Um, the, the modifiers, I think, the, the the positive player chosen modifiers are really not that exciting. Um, but I, I do think that the negative modifiers are are quite interesting. Um, there was that one time we went through the swamps, Kerry, and the first time we went through the swamps, we had a modifier on a negative modifier, which was a a very large mist and fog had rolled through the area. And that made some zombies really, really hard to see. Um, and made us play that, that part again very differently when we went back to the second time and that mist wasn't there. We, we could be a lot more aggressive and a lot more, you know, gung-ho a little bit. Um, but the first time we went through it, it was like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't too difficult because we were playing on an easy difficulty, but it was, it was definitely different to the rest of that campaign. Um, and I hope that the, the negative modifiers be like a, a good way to make you feel like you're playing through that section not for the f- not for the first time again but like at least with some level of v- like variety yeah I, at the end of the day if you want to get longevity out of this game that is like left for dead you're going to be playing the same campaigns you're, you're just going to be sure um you know if if you get hooked you're playing the same campaigns over and over and i didn't mind that with left for dead too um but 
Yeah, it's... Games have come such a long way since then. Yeah, they kind of have, especially with the explosion of roguelikes that's happened since Left 4 Dead 2 came out. Like, that that came out, like, what, like a year before Binding of Isaac came out? Maybe similar time to Spelunky 1? Like, we're only just barely beginning to scratch the surface of that sort of roguelike renaissance that we've had over the last decade. Um, So that, that randomization, like we know what that feels like now. We know how that can be really good. And like, it's just not going to happen to that same extent in this um, game because we're working against stuff like, um, well, the, the, the environments are very authored. They're very particularly made um, in a way that makes the, the settings really well realized. It just means that they're not going to be incredibly randomized every time. So yeah, I hope the modifiers do a good job yeah. to keep it random. Um, but yeah, just a couple of thoughts off the top of my head that I wanted to mention from when we were playing it. I um, I did find the ammo system really annoying. Like you'd get a gun and you'd put attachments on it and it would become like really good, right? And then everything else you were looking at was nowhere near as good. So you didn't want to swap weapons. But very, very quickly, you run out of ammo, especially on the difficulty levels that are higher than the first one. And so all of a sudden, you've got this really good weapon that's, that's fantastic and you don't want to leave behind, but you can only use it for two-thirds of an encounter and then, like, you run out and then you can't shoot anything and then they start overwhelming you. I found running out of ammo very annoying. At, like, the start of every fight, we were always giving each other our spare ammo for different weapon types. Um, or if we were all running assault rifles, we were all running out and then we were all messed up. <laughs> Um, Jeremy made the good point after the fact that, you know, maybe we needed to be swapping weapons more, but I found the attachment system kind of detracted from that, that feeling. So yeah, yeah it's a bit counterintuitive there. Um, yeah, like, like, yeah, cause uh, the weapon system is really strange because there are weapons like fairly frequently in levels that you can come across or buy at the beginning. And I, I think... Uh, I think it's interesting because Back for Blood has to borrow from a lot of games that have come past that 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 have that have, that have happened since, <laughs> like, ha- yeah, like like that that have changed the landscape of games since then. You know, like like you mentioned earlier, Call of Duty, but also like you know battle royals like Apex, battle royals like Fortnite, PUBG, as well as games like Counter Strike. Even you know, like this, like the purchase system at the beginning of each map feels like the Counter Strike one, mm. kinda. Um, on a rotation, at least, um, and they have a, they're adapting a lot of things to make the game feel fresh and modern, and I think a lot of it does actually mm. make it do that, because um, it doesn't like. While this game is Left 4 Dead, this game doesn't quite mm. feel like Left 4 Dead, um, and I think that they have specifically gone out of their way to make that to make that the case, um, especially if that forever rumor of of Valve actually making Left 4 Dead three is true, um, but th- there's like some of it does go against maybe some of the other parts of it I, which which because when i did say like oh maybe we do have to swap weapons more often because that's sort of part of the game because at the end of the day if that weapon gets you to the end more than this one is just because you have the ammo for it then that's worth it um but then yeah then the attachments are like yeah i i really want to build up almost like a like a build or a kit um which is a complete like antithesis of swapping weapons all the time because you can't keep your attachments. There's no inventory management on that stuff. Um, so maybe we should think, like if we were play that game again, maybe we should think of attachments as one-time use upgrades to your gun as opposed to 
what we think of attachments in other in every other, especially battle royale games, which is you know I'm gonna get a gun that I can also use the mm. attachments I currently it's have. Possession. So that the bet, yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a build. You are making builds in those games, um, which is not you're not making builds in this at all. You are like getting to point B exactly, yeah. no matter what. Um, and I think maybe if they had a if if they sort of told you that a bit more, like if like even if there's just a video, like a five minute video at the beginning, being like, here's how the game works. You want to do this. You want to do this. You want to do this. And you know, guns. Like, they're great. You love them. You're going to have your favorites. But you can't use them all the way through. Um, this game does need some improvements in terms of the ammo, like, sharing, uh, like, options, I think. Um, like, the ability to know what other what ammo everybody else is using as opposed to every other character yeah. just complaining that they don't have ammo. Um, but, like, I think... Yeah, I, I think maybe if we did go through again, we should maybe change our mindsets yeah. a little bit while, while playing yeah. it. And, you know, mate, you know, saying this, it immediately makes me think of, like, Left 4 Dead was so good about those interactive tooltips that would pop up and then, like, move over to the item that it was related to. Like, oh, blow up the gas canister would pop up in front of screen and then would, like, zoom away to where it actually was important on the screen. You could be like, oh, weapons out of ammo. Yep. Quick, change to a new one or something like that, and like point you towards a, a near a near enemy, and that that gets you in that mindset of swapping, of getting out and getting into the next one, and continuing to be able to deal out damage so you're not overwhelmed. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, and like, and you can see um, your entire teammates like build. You can see what offensive items they have, what defensive items they have, and what tactical items they health. have. Um, similar to like, again, their health as well. Um, and it, like that reminds me a little bit of like when you go into your inventory of Apex, you can see your teammates' like slight builds. You can see like um, uh, like what ammo they are using for both of their weapons um, currently, as well as like you know they've introduced things like you know pinging like your like, like how how well your um, uh, ultimate is charging. Um, and then if so, if if one of your teammates pings like, hey, I need ammo for an assault rifle, it'll then pop up in the top right hand side. Like XYZ is using, you know, ABC gun and has 30 bullets only, needs more. Because that way, if someone says, hey, I need, like, I need heavy oh, ammo and they have, like, 300, <laughs> then you can look at you, shut up. Yeah, like, I need, you need more. more. Like, what are, you, yeah. what are you doing, dumbass? Um, yeah. Um, so hopefully that'll be a thing that they can work on for full launch to make it a bit more. Just to yeah. get that dialogue. I think going. also they um they added to the they've added complexity to the health in the game in a way that I think might be the killer for me. It, it might be the thing that like frustrates me enough if I play it more, which is that the more you get hurt, the less your maximum health is. So it quickly becomes that unless you find the health packs on the wall that you have four free uses of, so one use each for one of your teammates and then you have to pay with currency to use it again. That's the only way to get your get your health back up. Currency, so not real currency. You know, we 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 barely scraped through on one of the on the medium difficulty. Like the first one was too easy. The first difficulty was too easy. And we barely scraped through on the middle difficulty. Got to like a mid section checkpoint and then tried to buy, I tried to buy more health and it only took me like 45 out of 120. I'm like what's going on here? And so I'm permanently debuffed in a fundamental way that makes this game quite difficult. It makes healing less effective because my maximum comes down the more I get hurt. 
so I don't want to heal as much because I just want to find the ones on the wall. And it means that um, it kind of feels like no matter how much preparation I do, I'm always going to get messed up the longer I play. Um, it's an interesting thought, like it, it, and, it, and it introduces a, a unique play space, I think, because you're, you're, you're really trying to, it makes your health more precious. But uh, it, it's, there's so many enemies in this game and they come from every direction that as soon as you get hit, it's like, it feels like a bigger punishment because it's like, oh no, my maximum HP as well as my minimum HP, as well as my current HP. Um, it, I found it really frustrating uh, in the end. Like I, I felt like I was coming from behind so, no matter what I was doing. I, 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 I would have agreed until the final part. And I think, I think the issue was we didn't figure that out yeah. until we were already all really, really low. Um, but I had saved up a bunch of currency and I got back to full health again in that final fight that we, we all still died because it was just a really tricky fight. Um, but Drembo, like halfway through the halfway through that final fight, yeah. you're like, Jeremy, how did you get 140 health again? Um, and I was like, yeah, I found the upgrade thing and I used it. Um, and also painkillers in the in that game, which are the really quick, you know, take a hit of health. I'm um, sorry, take a take a quick hit and get a, get a bunch of health. Um, they actually go higher than your your current max health. Mm, they give you that temporary. HP. So, yeah. Um, which I think is maybe where the, the like the addition of that with health packs that are around bandages, all that stuff, and those health um, upgrade repair things that are on walls, um, which I found out are actually also on walls in the safe rooms. Um, yeah, not all of them, but which, we did find some of them, right? Yeah, like I, I think they're actually more around than we uh, realized. Mm. Um, I, th- I I I think it's. I think once again, if we went back through that game again, I wonder how we would find it now, knowing how a lot of the fundamental mechanics properly work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I am curious to I want I do want to go back with with you and Ollie at least one more time just to just to see if like that part of it can click. Yep. Um, and if it doesn't, it doesn't, and that's a shame. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that might just be what it is. Um, but also like. This is a this is a Game Pass game, which is cool. So like, you know, the there's no there's no direct financial investment that we have to put into it, which which I think is a which is a boon. For sure, there was a couple of funny moments we had, like some of our teammates like jumping off, and Jeremy and I just like finishing it by ourselves, and like jumping off an exploding boat at the end. But also just towards the end of our play session. Oh my god, that was the killer fucking. That, that was really cool. That it was, was like, did like, we make it? Of... Oh, we made it. Um, but towards the end of our play session, um. We've finally gotten past this one section and I'd been revived because I got killed. Um, and then we were running through and we were, we, were, we were running away from this horde that was coming. We had to get across this bridge. And I'm turning around to like clear the path for Jeremy or whoever was behind me. And I think Ollie died and I just start shooting and there's, there's guts and blood everywhere and there's zombies. There's this whole crowd and I just start shooting. And then I'm like, oh, wait. And this thing happens when you aim down sight over your teammate's head and their name kind of mostly disappears. And Jeremy was so caked in yeah. blood, I couldn't tell that he wasn't a zombie. And I took him down from his like 120 health that he had to like nothing. And then we lost so fast yeah, after that. Absolutely, absolutely shredded me. Like just absolutely decimated me. And then I, and then we lost. And that was the last try we had on that level. And so we failed yeah. the campaign. And it was so funny because it's like <laughs> that was so funny. I've never had aim that good before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Big head. Uh, do you want to do you want to touch on Dark Souls as well, Jeremy? Yeah. Um. So I've been playing more Dark Souls remastered. Um. I've I've been played much in, uh, in the past couple of days, but I I did play a bunch. I want to say just after the last episode went up. Um. I have uh. I've, I've, according to most people I know, Kerry, you can you can back up this claim. I guess I I've beaten the hardest boss in this game that is mandatory. Um, yeah, being Ornstein yeah. and Smo. Yeah, I've, 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 I've done what would stop me from playing the game. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest difficulty curves compared to your skill level at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so for those who know, I, I have finished Anolondo, um, in terms of doing the main story stuff. Um, defeated Ornstein and Smo, and I. I, I made it a little bit more challenging for myself where I haven't summoned at all in this game. Um, mm. Any, any, you know, like anybody that's around, whether it be an, uh, uh, an NPC or, or an online player character, I have not summoned once. Um, not because I don't like think it's part of the game and I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's cheating or anything, but like it, my experience with summoning in, in, in this game, a lot of the time you can summon uh, online players who just know how to defeat the boss really quickly. Um, and sometimes I'm fine with that because I'm like, ah, oh, this boss is bullshit and it's just knocking me off the side of the edge and actually giving me a fair fight. I don't care if this other player comes in and the boss doesn't know how to handle two enemies at once and then makes it a cake. Um, so this was... This was my challenge to myself: is can I get through this entire game without without summoning? Um, and I came mighty close um, to summoning Ontin and Smo, um, because the the Sun Knight, what's his name? Soler. Soler. He is there. Um, he has just a permanent like. Do you want to summon him to go into this fight? Like at the front of that fight, um, only when you're mm. human, which I which I have barely been human in this game. Um. But yeah, like he's got a summon, like summoning shrine right there, sign right there. Um, and I was like, "Ooh, like should I? No, I can do it. I can do it." And I was like bashing my head against the wall, changing weapons, changing armor, you know, being heavy roll, being light roll, being naked. Yeah, you know, one handing weapons, two handing weapons, doing tons of different builds, trying to f- trying to just see what I can what I can do for this fight. And I, 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 I made the cardinal sin once, um, which was I, I started playing the game and then I turned off the game without making any progress, um, which is like uh. sometimes sometimes that can happen. Like and, and it makes you feel real bad when you pick up the game realizing you were at you at the same point that when you picked up the game last time. And I was like, oh fuck, this is just a really difficult fight. And I. And I slowly started to get better at get better at dodging, get be- getting better at spacing out these two characters, um, mm. which is really hard to do because they love to stick together. These two, they also um, love to sprint at you. Oh, I love it when they sprint at me. I I adore it because it means that they are they are split up. <laughs> like yes. I was, it's a godsend when when Ornstein, yes. um, like auto aim dashes at me. Um, because then that means there is so much space in between Ornstein and Smo, so I can just wha- wail on Ornstein for a bit, and then Smo comes along, and I need to just run away for a, for a good chunk of time again. Hmm. Um, anyway, I, I found out about the Black Knight Greatsword, um, which is a very very strong weapon, 
And I also realized I'm actually not really blocking much in this fight. I block a little bit, but really not much. So I mm. two-handed a bunch. Um, and I attacked Ornstein over and over and over and over and over again. Got Ornstein to like half health um, and had a couple of hits in on Spur. And I was like, okay, I think I've actually got it. Like I think of, I think of, like it, it's broken. Like the, the spell is broken. I can actually get through this. A couple more attempts. Gets to about 2 a.m. Um, defeat, de- defeat Ornstein. And then, for anyone who doesn't know in this fight, depending on which one you defeat first, the other one gets a whole lot stronger and gets gets the other one's powers. So, if you defeat Smo, Ornstein, who is a, a human-sized character, gets very, very big and very, very difficult. If you defeat Ornstein, then Smo gains Ornstein's electricity powers in his hammer. Um, and his butt. And his butt. Um, big butt stomp. That being said, Ornstein is already quite a large character and not a very fast character. You mean and also. Sorry, yes, sorry, yes. Smo is a very large character, a fairly sm- uh, slow character, and also doesn't quite know how to handle those pillars that are in the middle of the area. Thank God. Um, yeah, right? So I honestly kept Smo in one place the entire time, um, just in the side of that pillar. Like, he would do one attack, I would run around, whack him once or twice, and then go back on the other side of the pillar, and he wouldn't know how to reach me. Um, did a really bullshit AoE move, um, which he only did once in the entire fight, which caught me off guard, and I managed to dodge roll out of the way only just. Um, he did get a get. He did get a couple of good hits in, um, and I had no estus, and I had very little health by the end of that fight. Um, and then I, I I beat him, and I like punched the air a bunch of times, and took a took a video of my hand. Oh yeah, um, which was shaking drastically throughout the entire second half of this fight because I'd finally defeated what is the harder part of the, of the fight, which is defeating one of the two enemies, mm. um, which I, I'd never got up to defeating one of the enemies before. Um, and like my hand was like really, really shaky. And like I took that video because I was like, you know, oh my God, people need to see how my hand is going. Yeah. Um my hand was shaking that much throughout that entire second half of that fight. Like, I noticed that while holding the Xbox controller, <laughs> how much my hand was oh, shaking. And I'm like, like, it was it was wild. It was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm going to accidentally hit one of the triggers or one of the bumpers because my hand is shaking so much while holding the controller. Um, it was so nerve-wracking. Yeah. But I beat it. And then the next night, I got very, very drunk <laughs> at home. And I was like, oh, I'll just pop on Dark Souls while me and my housemates are eating fish and chips and, and just having, like, mad chats. <laughs> and I, I beat, like, four or five bosses, you like, that night. You fucking like, smoked <laughs> through part of the second half of the game. <laughs> I got so far. And, I like, I'm going to go back maybe tonight or tomorrow. And play some more. I'm not. I don't know where I stopped. <laughs> I have. I don't have any recollection of towards the end of me playing that game. I I defeated like, um, I defeated Pinwheel. He was not actually no. So I defeated Pinwheel immediately after beating defeating Onsen and yeah. Smoke because I was like, I've got this. I've got this energy. I've got this momentum. I got to take it out on something. And I found Pinwheel, and Pinwheel was like, I healed once in that entire. Yeah, I was going to say like, Pinwheel's a kick, a, a a pushover whenever you um whenever you come across Pinwheel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was going through other areas. Like, we had DNMs. Well, we had, we sorry, we had DMs, Kerry. When what when you were talking about how I was doing. Um, and listeners of the podcast will remember last week when Jeremy killed a certain NPC, and I was like, "Oh, you're gonna regret it. You're gonna regret it because you don't have the bonfire." Jeremy all. just he just 
He he went through that whole area yeah. in like 90 minutes. He doesn't even need it anymore. He's done. <laughs> you were talking about going through this section. I'm yeah, like, oh, was... you're getting to where you need that bonfire. It's like, oh, no, because it's after that tree that I killed, isn't it? I'm like, wait, what? You beat the, you beat the tree? That's it. <laughs> that's it. You did it. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I I don't even I don't we we don't even have the DMs because I hopped on Discord. That's right. After yeah, no, it. we were talking. Yeah, and it was it was it was over video. It was over voice chat. Um, that's right. Because were we playing? We played Apex, didn't we? Oh, we, with we, Ollie. We were pl- yeah, yeah, we were. No, no, we were playing Halo with Matt. Oh, was it that night? We're playing Firefight. Yeah, we're yeah, playing you're Firefight. Right. You're right. That was a good night. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So like, I've I've done a whole lot more areas now. Um, I I honestly don't. I know where you're up what to. We were talking I, about it. So you you've you beat Lost Isolith. You beat the lava section. That's done now. Uh not quite. There's still the 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 big wall. Oh no, no. I went through that area. Yeah. No, uh, you finished mind. it. Yeah. It's, no, it's, I did that. You, you beat the tree. It's done. It was so weird trying to get progress updates out of you after the fact because you were like, oh, "This was three hours ago," and also I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, and also I did that while I while I sat at home drinking like eight beers and I got given two cocktails. <laughs> uh, but you you went through the Duke's archives, the big palace thing near Anolondo, and you're in the the caverns, the crystal That's caverns. Right. The, the 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 scaleless dragon and the crystal caverns is where I'm up to. So scaleless dragon killed me because it has to kill you and throws you into the jail break out go through all that stuff yeah now i'm up to the the invisible platforms in the crystal in the crystal caverns um this 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 actually part of the game i've, I've seen um because i've seen one of my housemates play it um so i i know i know the final i know the boss in this part yeah. is kind of weird um like and kind of like a little bit like trippy um i think but yeah um so last time i asked you how how far in the game have, am i up to and you're like you're about halfway, or little yeah. little before maybe. Yeah, how am I doing? You've basically <laughs> done a whole another third of that game <laughs> in the last week. Half of it, like more than, like you did the majority of that that one night. Honestly, oh no, no, because you beat Oddstein and Smoke. You did you did like one sixth at Oddstein and Smoke, and then another sixth with those two, with those two of the four. Uh, other bosses you got to get to. I just can't believe how far you got through so quickly. It was wild. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it was, that it thing was really funny. Where it's like, this isn't your first Dark Souls game. You know? You're not no, gonna... Yes. You, you don't know yes. the, the pain of not understanding how to dodge the dragon archers in Anorlondo. You don't know the pain of um, not knowing to equip the lava ring in Lost Isolith. And you just, you just trumped it. <laughs> Yeah, like a lot, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know, like I, like I, I have told my housemates, like, look, if this part's dumb and bullshit, and I'm actually not going to figure it out unless I wiki it, just tell me. Um, which which is which is an issue I have with nearly all of these fucking games. Yeah, is how much I have to Google. But yeah, like I, like I think the thing is learning how to counter from Sekiro and Bloodborne has made a lot of these get a lot of these enemies really not hard. Mm. Um. Like whenever I see a black knight, I'm like, hell yeah, chance for another drop. Let's fight him, um, because they telegraph their moves so fucking far in advance, mm. and I'm just sitting there with my finger on left trigger, just waiting, like just waiting for the attack. And demon souls as well, actually. Demon souls, you have to learn how to counter a lot as well. 
Um, or might not even have to, but like once you do, like you oh, can, like, yeah, you got it. You're you're in, you're in. Um, so I think after I beat Demon Souls, sorry, Dark Souls, I'm gonna go through another Bloodborne run. Mm. You can't stop thinking about and it. Then I'll, and then I, I can't, man, I can't. <laughs> there, there are so many, so many things in that game, so many things in that game. <laughs> um, and then I'll go through Dark Souls two and three. Um, yeah. I'm fascinated to see what you think of two. Um, I've played a bit more actually since last week. I forgot that I, I streamed since then. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really have too much more to say. Just that it's so good to be finally making more progress in that game. I'm at 32, 35 hours in that game, and I, like I think I'm, I think I'm at two thirds through. This game's so fucking long. But I, I want to say there's a lot of bosses in that one. There are, but they're like, it's not like I haven't gone through it that slowly, and I've one shot a lot of bosses. This game's just huge. I'm a bit more thorough. Like, there's always the, there's always the, the strat you can do in a Souls game where, like, on the rerun through, on, on like when you when you're fighting a boss, um, and you're trying to get from the bonfire to the boss fight, you just you either run or you take everyone out along the way, um, and sometimes you could just sprint through and it's no big deal. A lot of the times I will take the enemies out along the way. Um, and right, that, you know, sure. that, that adds up cumulatively, you know, like three minutes a piece, 15 times, you know. Yeah, I like playing through Dark Souls 1, like I am so rushing, running through so many areas because there are so many just hard bosses and they don't give you fucking jack. And like, sorry, bosses, so many hard enemies mm. and they don't give you anything. They give mm. you like, like, hey, look, there's a hundred souls. And I'm like, I, I need like 22,000 to level up at this point. <laughs> like, you're, you're giving me nothing. Like, I'm leveling up when I defeat bosses. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, I am running through a lot of this section, whereas Bloodborne, I was not running through a lot of that section. Like, in some some parts, I, I was running two boss doors, but, like, the, the enemies in that game are, like, you are so aggressive in Bloodborne all the time, 100% of the time. You get hit. You just wail on them to get your health back, so like that you didn't even take that hit, and then you get a bunch of damage to them. Like it's, it, it is so much more aggressive, and I think I I enjoy that more. Mm. Um, I think that's like so incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Um. Sure. Whereas yeah, like Dark Souls is like I'm I'm running through entire sections and rolling through attacks to get past them because I can't be bothered fighting. Nine more Taurus demons. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. They are just copy-pasted all through that lover area, and they are all facing the same way. It looked really bad. It's really funny in the randomizer, because um, when you randomize all of the enemy spawns, there's only like two or three enemies that are immune to lava. And so all of those enemies that are stuck out there in the lava fields, they just die immediately. And so yeah. you walk out into that first section, they load in, and then you get a bunch of random souls. And you're like, oh, yeah. every, everything's dead here. Cool. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon? Should we go on a break and then do... Yeah. Yeah? Cool. Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah. we're going to go on a break and then we're going to come back and we'll talk about stuff I've been playing, which will probably segue into a bit of a conversation, a bit of discourse that's been happening in the uh, in the Twitter sphere and on in the articles over the last couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, stick around. We're not going to be too long. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. I have no question corner to poorly segue to this week, so I'm just going to start talking about video games normally again. Um, 
So, I was just telling Jeremy in the break, <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a bit more Apex, it's not the only thing I've been playing. But I'll bring up Apex, not because I have too much to say about where we're at in the game. Although, we have been having a good time in ranked arenas, we've been, um, we've been doing, we've been going great. Oh, especially, uh, oh, fuck. especially after the, when ranked arenas launched, Ollie and I jumped in and we, we qualified for ranked arenas for our rank in one night, which was... Well, what, it was the three of us for two matches and then yeah, I left, and then it was... For the first two matches, we did quite well, we won. Um, or we won one and lost one, something like that. It wasn't wasn't bad matches. And then Ollie and I went on an eight-game losing streak, where <laughs> we qualified after eight losses, and we were both exhausted after it. Going, this that was fucking terrible. That was the worst thing we'd ever done. It was so fucking bad. Like we we qualified for, and that's no doubt because like you had all of the gold and platinum and diamond players getting out of bronze and getting out of silver i mean maybe right i'm not sure if you only play against people who are qualifying i don't know the matches that we've had since we qualified were a lot better um but like yeah we like we had a we had just a fucking eight game losing streak and then qualified into silver four and it was just the worst it was so fucking awful like we we got to a four and we we're like great i'm going to bed Bye. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> See you at work. So it's been nice to to come back to it and kind of absolutely kick some butt. Um, I don't really think I ever want to play ranked arenas like outside of yeah the three of us yeah. together. <laughs> I don't play Apex without any of us. You have such an advantage when you're playing with a team. Yeah, and it's fun. Um. But the, the reason I brought up Apex is because it's reached the point of my uh, my interest with the game where I've started looking up, <laughs> like, aim tutorials and, like, like where to take cover and, like, what what easy mistakes to make in Apex and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, man, this is the, this is the point carry. where it's, like... I know. The problem is I like... I want to get better, but I'll look at these things and I'll do them once or twice and I won't get that much better and I'll get frustrated and I'll stop playing the game. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's like starting. But I'm having a, I'm having a great time a right skill now. And why am I not immediately good at this? I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not supposed to be good at this? I want to be. Um, but the other thing I've been playing... And like I said just before the break, this might lead to a broader discourse that we were, that's happened this week. Is I was also playing Persona Five Royal a bit more um, just the other night, so I finally got past the bit that I played in the first game. I've been quite hesitant to play this because I've heard it deals with things in its opening hours that it doesn't do very deftly. It doesn't do very well. Like it brings up really serious issues, um, kind of brazenly, haphazardly, for with with little consideration. Um, and you know, I don't really want to play stuff like that when I'm on the couch with Sam and it's just like, we're not here to like be challenged, you know, we're just here to sit on the couch and have a story told to us or something like that. Um, but pushed on, played through a bit more. Um, and it turns out the start of this game's pretty fucked up. Hey, <laughs> um, and not just the start of it, but like, how much have you played Jeremy? I've not played Persona 5. Are you kidding? It's in your bookshelf. Yeah, we you, you know this. It's still sealed. I it's still se- I thought you I thought you played the first few hours. No. Oh my god. All right. Cool. No worries. Well, that's fine. <laughs> no, it's be- not particularly surprising. I, I, Mr. Fire Emblem 3 Houses. Only because I bought it 
And then I really just thought, oh, I should probably just play Royale instead because I don't want to have to start all over uh, again. And so I just had like this I decision paralysis where I just didn't do either of them. I didn't buy Royale <laughs> and I didn't play Persona 5. I've got an American copy That's of that game. Enough. It's got the red case. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Love the case. So, Oh, great. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> so the opening hours of this game... Like, you play as this character who's been, like, shipped off to this school because he's got a criminal record because he tried to help some woman who was being, like, accosted in the street, knocked this this rude person over who sued him, and then he got convicted with, like... So it's this real weird story, right, of, like, oh, don't help people who are in need because you'll get in trouble. <laughs> so that's weird. But um, some of the, the weirdest stuff in the game is the way just random things are written. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna describe some of the plot details of the opening of the game. So if you care about spoilers, one I wouldn't worry about it too much because it's the opening of the game, and there's like 95 more hours of content after this, at least, um, that I'm not going to spoil. Um, but two, here's your warning in case you are. Um, but yeah, like you 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 know you're walking around the 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 campus, and then you you accidentally go into this spirit world with this other delinquent student who's who's nice but a bit of a hothead. Um, and it turns out the school has this parallel dimension, uh, that's ruled by the school PE teacher, who's this like volleyball Olympian, ex-Olympian or something like that. And in his head, this, like he's, he's got, he's, he's a pretty nasty guy, like under the surface. And apparently he's so corrupted that his desires manifest themselves as this palace, right? Sure. And that's the, that's the shtick of this game is you go through these palaces, um, but this is the first one, and so he's in in the palace. He's you know he's ordering everyone around and he's ordering people to be executed and volleyball team men- members are being tortured in the basement and it's it's all fucked up. Um, and then in the real world, you know he's kind of nice on the surface, but some people don't like him and or some people feel really pressured by him. And then it turns out uh, that he's like really pushing like not just pushing the volleyball team members but it turns out a lot of them are getting hurt in practice like maybe because he's like being really nasty to them they start going into this this assault (laughs) kind of um avenue and i'm like holy shit these guys are kids and this one kid's like oh we can't tell like no we can't say anything because like our parents already know and they don't care and it's like oh my fucking god this is so heavy um and then it gets even worse because he's trying to like get with one of the other students, one of the young, you know, uh, one of the young girls who's one of the students. And it's like, that's really fucked up. And then, so it gets really bad and intense, right? And that's just, that's, that's the plot details. But the thing that, that messes me up is there's all these rumors circulating, circulating around about the, the, the teacher and one of the, one of the main characters, um, one of the girls, um, uh, that they're, that they're a couple or that they're dating or that they're having sex or whatever. And, and so you hear these rumors, you'll constantly like, cause it's like a schoolyard. You'll have the conversation with your characters. They'll walk off and then like other students will come in and they'll, they'll talk about, they'll be like, Oh, is that the, is that the, the, um, what is it? Is that the criminal student? Oh, wow. I heard they do this and this and this. And then when they talk about the teacher and the, the student, they're like, there's this one instance. I'm just trying to remember the, the thing of it is like, Oh wow. I heard they're dating. And they were like, Oh Wow she must be really easy. I wonder if I have a shot at, at her. And I'm like, oh my God, that's awful. And then the other person is like, 
don't don't go after the you're really gonna go after the the PE teachers bitch and I'm like what the fuck what these kids are like 16 or something this is fucked up why would you write it like that <laughs> how 16 year olds talk yeah obviously I guess I just had a different high school experience then oh, so like that's you've played games online yeah but who talks about people like that? 16 year old, yes, no, yeah, them. That, 16 year pe- people older than 16. Well, people yeah. that, you, the kind of people that you would avoid, Gary. Oh, absolutely, right? But the, why would you write a game like that, that is the thing. Like, I don't feel like they're not doing it to, like, critique. They're doing it because it's normal. You know what I mean? Like, there's this one scene in the palace where the 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 teacher is there and then, like, a, a palace version of that same student walks up in, like, a bikini and then you get two dialogue options and be like, this isn't right, or I'm jealous. Like, why would they even give you that option? Like, what does that provide me except an outlet to be pervy in, in the game that I'm playing? Like, why would they provide me with the choice to be that disgusting? I don't know. So there's that, there's that push and pull with the, with the game, right? Because they are telling a compelling story. It's a, it's a well-told story. It's really well voice acted. Um, but fuck, they're just... They're just bandying about with these awful themes which is you know part of this discussion i think what i I, will bring up but like they're just just throwing it out there along with awful commentary from literally every other character it's disgusting (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't know i still want to keep playing and i've heard it it's not as egregious after this but right I, i guess we'll see um have you played any other Persona games? No. No. Right, okay. I, you know, I only ever heard about Persona 4 Golden 2016, 2017, when I started listening to Kind of Funny, right? And that was really only, what, I could play it on PS2 or Vita. Um, yeah. And then all the other ones. It, it blows my mind that, like, Persona 5 is this big PS3, PS4 game, and then all the other ones are, like, ancient, you know? Like, 2008 and older. Like, 3, 2, and 1. I don't even know if they were, if any of them were on PS2. <laughs> Uh, no, like they were, they they were on PS2, but it's like you know, like it's it's a really weird franchise, right? Because like you know that, you know, for those who don't know, Persona is a spin-off of another franchise called Shin Megami Tensei. Yep. <laughs> um, which is a franchise that has not existed for a very long time until Shin Megami Tensei Five is coming out very soon. Yeah, and they and remastered three four, recently. Yeah, they remastered three. That's right. Um. Yeah, it's just like a really it's a it's a strange franchise because now Persona is far bigger than Jin Megami Tensei ever was, yeah. um, and a lot of that is due to five, um, and like a lot of it's due to four as well and and three, but like five especially really blew it out of the water. Mm. Um, but yeah, like they are they are interesting games. Um, I do at some point want to like I do very much want to play Persona Five. Um, uh, Dash from Dash Gamer has ridiculed me and and made fun of me and put his head in his hands when he always remembers that I haven't played the game um uh but also like Persona 4 it, like was the best game I played on the Vita um fucking longest game I played on the Vita I, just, I did not finish that game I did not get close to finish that game because it's so long um I once at some point was like I wonder how long I've gotten this game and it's like you are one quarter of the way through I was like are you kidding <laughs> how many dozens of hours um, were you in at that point <laughs> like very very many but I also then got stuck at that point and I and then I was like Ugh. um 
but yeah, like they are they they deal with themes. Um, those games are almost exclusively themes and character moments, um, which is interesting. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things in four at least, which I think make some of that stuff fit in the story. Um, and there's a lot of things in four which they don't handle well at all. Um, and honestly, like I think in four, I think it's not for a lack of trying. Um, in some regards, at least. Um, but in some regards, it's like just just had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I'm I'm not super super familiar with five. Um, but I would I guess encourage you to keep playing just because I'm very curious to see how you land on it. Yeah, me too. And like I hope it doesn't buck me off the horse on the way there you know i hope it's not like fuck right. this this isn't enjoyable or this is like you're you're throwing this around for like emotional gravitas and it's just like not something to throw around that much i don't know like i i don't i don't trust atlas <laughs> mostly because they've got a reputation for being shit with matters that are important and and rights being respected and depicted respectfully in their games um, but also I just, it's not a strong start in that regard. Um, right. I do think there is merit to continue playing it though. Um, despite all that, like I said, I hope they don't, I hope they don't buck me off along the way, but I think, yeah, there's something, there's, there's, there's something there to still find out. There's something there to still see through that, despite that, um, you know, I think there's merit to playing something or engaging with something even even if it is problematic in some ways um to understand that fully and to experience what else it's offering and get the whole picture um but yeah yeah like the the conversation about you know engaging with problematic material is like you know it is decades and decades and decades old um you know it's something that i think everybody does because you know, like, so few material is not problematic. Um, you know, I still love the original Blade Runner. There's a really bad scene in the original Blade Runner. Mm. Um, there's, there's, you know, Marvel is full of that stuff. It, it, it is there, um, and it's in everything um, to the point where you can't uh, avoid it. And I don't think avoiding it actually really helps. I think just critiquing it, looking at it, taking yeah. it for what it is, being able to look at something and recognizing its faults is incredibly important. Um, so, you know, like, I don't know what game we have spoken about on Minimap that isn't problematic. I guess Frog Detective. That's probably the only one. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, but uh, even then, Frog Detective is a cop. <laughs> yeah, Frog Detective is a cop. Yeah. Oh. Uh, a short hike. A short hike's pretty good. Um, is Pi problematic? Pi's so nuanced. It's, it's got to it's tread some ground. That gets really political. Uh, I'm just going problematic all, in the, the sense that it's not a very good games. game. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> so Pi is problematic in the sense that it's not a very good game. Oh, why would you do that? Why would you say such hurtful I'm things? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. Um, so over the, over the last week, uh, a game called Boyfriend Dungeon has come out, and there's been a bit of a chat online. So if you don't know, Boyfriend Dungeon is a game. Uh, it's, it's part dungeon crawler part dating simulator and uh your weapons that you use in the dungeon crawler section of the game are uh your boyfriends basically are these are these 
people that you can date. Um, and it's like, I think the setting is that the, the combat, the dungeon crawling is actually like your dreams or something. So yeah, I'm not sure what the actual function is, but... Um, it's like it, your, your boyfriends are your swords in that yeah. game. You, you are dating your weapons. And so it's quite, it's, you know, it's quite, you know, that's a silly premise. It's quite lighthearted and it's meant to be quite inclusive and made by a diverse team. Um, it's got a lot going for it and, you know, a bit of a um, bit of a boon for the indie scene as well. Um, but it, it's come under a bit of fire over the last week because um, it has a content warning at the front of the game. Um, let me just see if I can quickly find... Ah, oh, I can't see it there. It's got a, a content warning at the front of the game. Um, but some people have found that the warning wasn't uh, ex uh, explicit enough or um, didn't provide people enough information to uh, opt out if they wanted to, and then they per they per proceeded to play the game and were triggered by some of the things that were in the game. So the content warning is in regards to um, uh, events of stalking and emotional, emotional manipulation from the antagonist of the game. It's like someone who's who just kind of leaves presents at your door and is an asshole and sends you texts and you, you have to engage with the with the antagonist in the game. Um, so yeah, it's come under fire for, for people who have been like, I didn't want to engage with this. Um, and, it, and, and there's just been this really interesting discussion um, about people saying that... Uh, so I'll, I'll read some tweet. I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing a bit from a Kotaku article here written by uh, Julian Rizzo-Smith. Um, and so there's a bit of a thing here that I'll just read from. On Friday morning, Xbox outsider managing editor Matthew Arcelor took to Twitter to claim that not only was experiencing uh, the antagonist Eric's behavior triggering, but that the developers didn't do enough to properly warn players that might feel triggered by it. Quote, the game quickly establishes that this game is utter, no, that this guy is utter nuclear waste, a completely radioactive, toxic person. That's great, sure, but he's also a stalker. He won't stop texting you no matter how rude you are to him. I can't even block his number. I did not consent to this. I know for some games, this is just par for the course but it's 2021 and I didn't ask Boyfriend Dungeon to place me into an extremely distressing situation, which from what I could tell, I cannot opt out of. So it lends... That that particular comment, I think, was kind of the spark that lit the flame for a lot of responses and a lot of back and forth from uh, industry heavyweights on, on Twitter and it's through articles like this one and stuff like that. Um, Kid Fox have, the, the developers of the game have come out, they're going to strengthen the warning. Um, so they're going to rewrite it, provide it with more context and um, make sure it's a bit more clear, I guess, what players are um, going to be experiencing. And it's good that they had one in there already, honestly. Um, but it's it's tricky. Um, you know, sort of the responses to this. I, I can see where Matthew's coming from in this response, you know. Um, you didn't know this was coming when you were going to play this game and now you've had a really upsetting experience. You don't want that from your media. Um, but something that's written in the article from Julian, um, I'm just going to quote this here. It says, here's the thing about all this. As players, we give our consent when we choose to play a game. We can take back that same consent at any time by not playing it anymore. It's extremely fair to ask developers to give a proper content warning for themes that may trigger someone, but expecting them to remove it to appease one group of people is just unrealistic. Developers can't please everyone. And so it's a really weird, nuanced discussion, right? Because I, I would have never expected Boyfriend Dungeon 
to be the center of some sort of of fiery debate. I wouldn't not have expected it to be a part of some um, some feelings of discontent and upset from the from the indie loving games community. Um, I don't know. What's your take on all this, Jeremy? I mean, it's like you know, you can you can be. You know, you are totally like it. It is. It is a very valid feeling to feel upset about not under, not 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 feeling appropriately warned about mm. something that's in a piece of media that you're going to consume. It's why there are epilepsy warnings on the front of games. It's why there are content and trigger warnings on the front of other pe- other pieces of media. It is a thing that you know I'm I'm glad exists and should exist because if somebody isn't ready to confront something like this, then they don't. They don't. They shouldn't have to. Totally. I. Yeah. That being said, that also goes the other way in terms of if you know if you are finding something distressing, then don't do that thing. Um, like there's uh, there's a quote here from that the quote there's there's a tweet here from Gita Jackson, um, of Motherboard saying the way people talk about Boyfriend Dungeon, it's like the developers went to your house and put a gun to your head and made you play it instead of being something that you may have been looking forward to and are now disappointed that you can't play. Um, yeah, it, it like this is not a, it's not an argument. It's a like you know you you can be upset at content warnings, um, not being uh like explicit enough or not being uh, maybe as thorough enough, um, but you know if this thing is is giving you like is triggering you in a way that is negative towards you, um, you shouldn't con- you shouldn't be engaging with that thing, um. The continued discourse of people asking Kit Fox Games to remove entire sections of their game um, to make it more friendly towards people who are finding some sections of this game distressing, um, that's not how this works. Um, that's literal media censorship. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to play what I thought this game was going to be. Can you please create that for me now that this isn't what that is? Yeah, it would be like, you know, going up to Scorsese and saying, can you remove all of the villainous gangsters from Goodfellas because they are killing people and that's bad. Um, you know, I like like me- media art, it's not designed to uh, comfort you. It is designed to give you whatever the artist intent is. Um you know, whether that is a level of, um, you know, it'll make you feel uneasy, uncomfortable, it'll provoke you in certain ways. That's art, baby. Um, and and this is different to, you know, an accessibility um, uh, conversation as well. When, when we talk about, say, difficulty settings in games, um, that's a more often than not, like a motor skills thing. Like uh, some people don't have the ability to complete this game and that's not for lack of their trying. It would be totally cool if they got the ability to uh, play this game and engage with it in ways that everybody else did because that would be great for them and not a detractor really for anyone else. Um, But this is like, hey, no, we don't want you to, um, like we want you to change your art so I enjoy it. when you know, I, I like stories with fucked up people. Um, I think that's fun <laughs> and like in- interesting and enticing because it allows me to be in a like literal safe space, which is engaging in something that's fucked up, 
by consuming mm. media. Um, because at the end of the day, I know that if I really hate this and it's really making me uh, uneasy, uncomfortable, or it's you know causing something in me that that is you know making my flight or fight go off, then I can stop engaging with that piece of media. Um, I'm not li- literally engaging with you know space fascist Darth Vader, right? Because that would be <laughs> very dangerous for myself. You know, if I was if I had to engage with the literal villainous Anakin Skywalker, that would be very very bad. Um, yeah. But I could watch Star Wars and go, that's a bad man. Um, and not sit there, <laughs> there going, I don't think that the space fascists should have existed in Star Wars. Um, everything should be positive for me. Um, mm. There's a couple of other like takes here. like um, th- th- There's one here from uh, uh, Maze from GameStop saying... Seeing a really disconcerting number of teens and twenties saying something, uh, saying things like maybe the only kind of art that should be published is the stuff I find to be morally responsible without realizing they've backflipped right into the morality crusade tactics used by literal fascists. Um, yeah. This happens like once every six months, but man alive, it never stops shocking me. The other day I saw someone genuinely with their whole entire chest saying that while it's okay if you know, make art that makes people uncomfortable, you shouldn't be allowed to show people. Um <laughs> Maze is incredibly correct. Maze is incredibly smart. Um, the, the the idea that you know art shouldn't be there to like provoke you or make you feel uncomfortable is n- like absolutely nonsense. Um, and a lot of a lot of this does come from a level of you know like especially like queer games. A lot of them are quite. It'll be one of two genres. It'll be incredibly um, friendly. And incredibly like um, uh, accessible for everybody because that's what they're you know th- that's what they're trying to promote with their art, which is totally fine and totally valid. Um, or uh, the gays will die. Um, it's one of the two. That's that that <laughs> that's how queer media in in games work a lot of the time. Um, I'm obviously I'm obviously being semi facetious, but that's a, a large majority of it. As someone who is who loves to consume <laughs> queer games, um, yeah. And when something like this comes out, and it does have a, lo- a like like a middle ground, like a level of nuance, um, and there are a lot of queer folk who like to use queer games as their comfort food, um, or their 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 comfort media. Um, it's not like like sometimes that doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes things are uncomfortable. Um, it it reminds me when when a lot of a lot of people have uh, comfort characters, for example. They have like a character that they that they will attach a level of their personality to as their like comfort character, and they will consume any form any form of media, whether it be TV shows, movies, books, or like fan fiction as well. Um, and suddenly, when the character is maybe changed or twisted in different different in a different position, even by sometimes the original creators of that character, um, people will get very 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 upset at those people. When they have no right to get some uh, upset at somebody's media when it's just trying to show a different perspective on certain things. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky, right? I, I, this is something I'm definitely like processing currently. I definitely don't have any like. I feel like I'm my cognition of this particular uh, debate is embryonic. <laughs> so, um, uh, and you know that's fine, but like, I I don't want to. I don't want to say anything out of line because I feel like a lot of what I'm, what I've, a lot of what I'm feeling processing at the moment is um, 
is fresh, but it's it's definitely something. It it brings up a a comparison to me that I think is funny. I, before we move off of boyfriend dungeon, um, just because I got a couple of I I've, I've got another example I've just thought of that I want to bring up, but I just want to bring up one other uh, Twitter thread here. This is from Callie Plaguey, who is now um, at Nintendo America. What? Um, yeah, she's not doing. Uh, she was she was editing somewhere, but yeah, now, right, now she's wow, uh, cool. now she's at Nintendo America. Yeah, uh, which is great for her. So here's what she had to say on Twitter about this whole uh, event, about this whole discourse. So one thing that really bothers me about the Boyfriend Dungeon discourse is the criticism that players, quote, didn't consent to, unquote, content in the game. And the way that language is being applied here. In this usage, consent usually refers to boundaries around acts of physical or emotional intimacy, the violation of which is frequently assault, harassment, or abuse. It's serious, and it means something specific. In this usage... Consent... Oh, wait, no, that's the same one. Encountering something you don't like or even something triggering in media is not a violation of consent. It's frankly a gross bastardization of language to act as if it's the case. Um, which is interesting. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really nailing down the sort of the definition of um, what consent means and what it means in different contexts, right? You know, this... Um, it, it, it kind of makes me think about um what it what it what it specifically reminds me of is other content warnings you know when it's like you're being told what this is if you're going into this if you're starting this game you're going into it knowingly because we've let you know this we're trying not to surprise you with anything uh uh challenging and disconcerting or potentially uh you know really upsetting um but this is what this game is about just so you know and I feel like the, the type of content warning that's in there, when you're giving a content warning, you're not giving a synopsis of a game. You're not giving a, you're not giving a blow by blow. So you're like, oh, in chapter three, this happens. It's like, oh yeah, this character dies. Watch out for this if you're sensitive to death. <laughs> like, it's, 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 a, it's a plot of the story, right? Um, so yeah, there, there's, some, there's some sort of like, you, you, you can decide to stop playing the game, but ultimately you playing it, or not playing is not up to the the creators no. um, to then make it okay for you to then continue to play, even if you wanted to. Yeah, it's um, like the the consent. Like n no one is, you know, removing your consent to play a game. You are playing the game. You hit play. This is a decision that you are making to do. You can stop at any time. There is, like you know, like you said, it's not like the developers are coming into your house and holding a gun to your head to see if you to play the game. Exactly. And if you happen to become upset from the stuff that you've seen, that is upsetting and that can be challenging. And that is something that should be taken care of. And I think Kit Fox did a good job of making sure there was a content warning in there from the start. Even if some people didn't feel it was strong enough, I, you know, there is a warning there. You know, if I read that warning myself, I would have been like, there's something here that I need to watch out for if I'm sensitive to this. And then when it would have come up, I would have been like, ah, here it is. This is making me uncomfortable. Well, at least I was warned about it. But that's easy for me to say. I don't have those particular feelings, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that that's a correct interpretation. Well, like, like I've consumed with, um, I've, I have, I have consumed and engaged with media that was like incredibly distressing for me to the point where I almost like would stop watching movie, stopping watching movie in the middle of the, of the thing, um, in the middle of it playing, and like I stopped watching the movie, <laughs> um. And, like, I went back later and I finished it when I was, you know, in a better headspace to go and do that. But, like, th like it's not like the movie 
like it's not like I'm going to go into another room and find the movie playing there as well. Um, and it's not like I'm strapped to my laptop where the movie was playing. It was just on and I stopped it. There is no there like yeah. It it really it really annoys me when 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 the word consent is brought into this because it can detract from you know legitimate conversations surrounding consent. Um, and it it's not this is not that conversation. This is a different conversation altogether. Um, this is maybe a conversation about mm. how people engage with media and how like maybe maybe people need to find ways of engaging with media in ways that are more positive towards themselves. Yeah, yeah, potentially. And I, I think it's it's worth mentioning, you know, there there are some people who, you know, a slight reference to a particular issue, you know, people with certain um, traumas or uh, perhaps mental health of difficulties, you know, that things will be particularly sensitive to them. That's and, why I'm never going to watch 13 maybe. Reasons Why. The exact yeah. same reason. Yeah, and I... Yeah, and that's absolutely fair enough. And the content warnings on that show, you know, I think a fair number of people would say are not specific enough for what happens for the gratuitous sort of depictions of bullshit that they show in there. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty. um, It can be, it can be challenging with with everyone's different um, backgrounds and and sort of baggage that that they carry around every day and how that one piece of media that we focus on gets interpreted and uh, processed and internalized in different ways. Um, something I just want to, I've been reminded of something, not only because it's behind you, Jeremy, and I can see it, um, but it's also relevant to this conversation. It's behind me. Um, Looking, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what it is. So There are so many things behind me because my room is a mess at the moment. Is it Mass Effect? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember... Ah, it is it. about Mass Effect. It's about the Overlord DLC. Oh, yep. I remember um, this. I, I read this. So there was a Vice article. That's yeah. right. Mass Effect 2 Overlord should have stayed in 2010, written by M. Wesley Alvey. Um, I'm trying to just get to the meat of the thing. Here we go. Uh, Overlord... Oh, the first time I... Okay. So this is the writer. I've jumped to the middle of the article. The first time I played it, the DLC, I nearly threw up. None of these reviews remotely resemble any sentiment I'd choose because Overlord is a story about autism, one that clearly clearly regards itself as sympathetic and sensitive to how autistic people are often treated, but the way that it unfolds turns into a careless and obliviously prejudiced story. It's a story where an autistic character uh, an autistic character is turned into a prop in the story of a supposedly sympathetic abuser and becomes mostly interested in the abuser's feelings and experience. Um and the article goes into great depth. It's quite, it's quite a challenging article to read, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you want to learn more about that, that is there. Um, but it goes, you know, into depth about why it's so challenging and why it should have stayed in 2010, as, at, stayed in 2010, as the headline suggests. It becomes an interesting balance to me then of like, oh, you know, this is the creator's intent and, you know, we can't, you know, we, we shouldn't never be challenged by media. Media should be challenging it makes us think about the world differently and stuff like that. Wherein it, it's hard then looking at this and it's, there's probably no line. There's probably no hard definition, but it's interesting to look at boyfriend dungeon where people have said there's a content warning. It's not explicit enough. I felt challenged by this. I wish this hadn't happened to the overlord DLC, which is like, this is problematic. This is presenting issues in a way that 
do nothing to further a certain social rights cause um, and are only harmful to people who are sensitive to it and do little else to provide value to um, any of the topics that it relates to. Um, it, it's hard then to be like, what's the line between, you know, because reading this article makes me never want to play the Overlord DLC for Mass Effect. Um, but should I still engage with it because there's something to gain from the artist's perspective or, uh, you know, what's the, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an overlap here of these two sort of arguments, I think. And, it, and it's, I'm just trying to tease that out. Griffin is too <laughs> screaming from the hallway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, um, I, I've brought that up. I don't have a conclusion for it specifically, but it's, it's, it's a, it's sort of an integrated sort of disconnect there or a, 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 a sort of a, a common ground that that sort of pull in different directions yeah like i think i think for me is like if if something is intentionally well like if something is actively harmful whether or not it's even intentional or not if something's actively harmful then i think that yes. there is reason to go it's actually not worth it um it's not worth to keep it around um like you, you see that in like uh you know there are um like Disney cartoons, which are not on Disney Plus, um, Song mm. of the South, for example, not on there. You'll be shocked to find out why. Um, that cartoon, incredibly racist. Um, what? what? Um, and it's like, what what used to happen? So years ago, what used to happen is Disney used to have like a vault of content, which they had they had marketed for a very long time, and it was a way of creating artificial scarcity for their products. Um, it was why Disney. DVDs and VHSs even always cost more. It's because they used to get them out of the vault um, as if there was like some vault that they had to open to physically get them out and it was a challenge for them. Um, no, it was a way of making money. It was the door to Kingdom Hearts. Yes, yes. Inside is all the <laughs> inside of the inside of Kingdom Hearts is the 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 vault, the Disney vault. Of that's content. why. That's why. That's why Mickey's the king. And that's why the and the the. <laughs> The Kingdom Hearts TV show on Disney Plus that's that was announced years ago um, is going to unlock all of Disney's racist past and put it on Disney Plus. <laughs> um, what like ages ago before Disney became as how can I put this um, monopolistic? No, 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 because they were still mon monopolistic then. Uh, I'm going to say publicly progressive. Um, okay. which is not to say that they are progressive, but they are their, their public face is trying to be progressive. Um, they used to still sell like these old cut old racist cartoons, um, and but they would put them in like a large pack, like like you know the Disney classics or whatever. Um, and they used to have a content warning at the front saying like, "Hey, just letting you know, this cartoon was made um, at a different period of time, uh, made with uh, intentions that Disney don't share anymore." Um, Disney has a company, uh, don't share, um, and that we don't agree with some of the imagery depicted in this. Um, so watch at your own um, discretion, basically. Right. Um, as time moves on, you know, like n not that it, not that it, it was more racist now than what it was back then, but more people are aware <laughs> of its races of its racism, um, and realize that hey, this sucks. We don't need this. We, we don't need it. We don't need Song of the South. Like we're past that. Like as it, it doesn't bring anything of value. Um, and look, if someone really wants to go back, you know, even just for historical purposes and find Song of the South, you can find it. You can go and find that 
that that short. If someone really, really wants to go back and, uh, you know, find the Overlord DLC for Mass Effect 2. It's 2 or 3? Two? 2? Two. 2. You can find it. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. Yeah, in the Legendary Collection. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, totally. The idea of asking the developers of Boyfriend Dungeon to remove something actively from their game is is also very is a very different conversation to hey we don't want you to sell this anymore. Um, yes, yes, it is. And like you know, because you know, hypothetically, that could create a scenario where no one would actually have the usual version of that game, or you couldn't get access to that version of that game, which included the the you know the abusive relationship in it. Um. So it's like, you know, I, I think as a public conscious, you just decide what is like, what is not necessary, not, not necessary anymore. There's a reason, hmm. you know, like no one is out there saying, hey, you should read Mein Kampf or, you know, I, actually, he's, he's an even better example. When I first started going to uni a few years ago, um, I was in my, you know, I was in my media critique lecture and my lecturer at Swinburne University mentioned that uh, part of a middle part of this lecture is going to be a little bit different to what he's usually um, teaching because he had to really quickly recently change part of his lecture. Um, that was because he used to talk about Annie Hall in his lecture, a movie directed by Woody Allen, which he has since decided, uh. I don't actually need to talk about Woody Allen anymore. I'm going to use a different reference altogether. Um, but also then used that to talk about media critique, <laughs> which was great because yep. um, yep. it was happening on the fly. So, you know, like at the end of the day, the, all that problematic media that all those, you know, all those chuds keep talking about is getting taken away from their cold, dead hands. It's still there. <laughs> um, it's not going away anytime soon. Maybe even more, maybe to some extent there is more problematic media than ever just through the fact of there is more media than ever. Um, but yeah. like, you know, that stuff is still going to be there and the public conscious can decide what is worth keeping around or not. It's, it's, it's like, mm. it's on, it's, it's like a big debate that doesn't happen formally. It's just like, everyone goes, yeah, no, fuck that. I don't want that. Mm. Unfortunately, we still have yeah. the Joker. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A movie you love. He sucks. <laughs> this, this conversation oh, yeah, is turning me into a... the Joker. <laughs> It's jokifying oh, no. me. All right, let's let let's wrap it up then. Um, so yeah, I, I I I could not have called ahead of time that this conversation would be born from this game if my life depended on it. I would not have been able to tell you that. You know what I mean? I, I, I it's interesting. Go on. Sorry, go on. I was just saying, like it's, I and this is partly because I don't know this game, sure. right? But the thing is, like, oh, part visual novel, part dungeon crawler. Bunch of boyfriends, you know, and I see that and they've got a bunch of different people with different skin colors and that's great and different personalities and you hear the team's really diverse and they're making a great game and it's like, great, this game's going to be so fantastic and everyone's going to love it. Um, and, you know, it's probably part of those same uh, biases that I'm coming into with my, you know, first impression of this that's feeding into people's disappointment of the game where it's like, oh, I was meant to love this because it's this and it's that and it's X and it's Y and it's Z. Um, but, yeah, I... I don't know. I can't tell if it's like an important conversation to have that I've just never seen before, um, or if it's it's a cycle. Sort of it comes in and out in different forms. It's it's always around. Um, you know, it's the 
it, it's kind of it's it's the easy mode of Dark Souls. Not no, I think it, what it actually is is the it's the Mass Effect three ending conversation to a diff, in a different light, which <sighs> is a different. I know I know that's a right, whole okay. that's a whole can of worms, but like I think it's actually that because in the finished versions of both of those games, you can't. You, can you get that old ending? You can't. Can you? No, I don't think mm. so anymore. Yeah, no. and I think just in the original version, if you don't download the director's mm, cut, ending. which is not good, that they changed the ending of their game because fans didn't like it. I think that's my take. Yeah, and and that's fair enough. And that you're right. I think that that pulls on the same threads of players had some would say rightfully based on what they'd been told by the developer, but some had preconceived notions on what this game was going to be and how it was going to end. Um, and when it didn't meet that, they were very upset. But yeah, they weren't they weren't necessarily owed a particular type of ending. They no, no owed. one's owed anything when any of this stuff happens. Exactly. And the millions of people who played Mass Effect 3 and were disappointed by it, you can't please all of the... It's not like the, the whole mass of disappointed millions of people could be appeased by one decision being changed. Yeah. Then other people would be disappointed. And the same disappointed people would be disappointed about something else. Like, yeah. I think that's a good comparison. Oomph. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was, I was trying to remember. I was sitting here being like, what am I going to cut out for the podcast? No, it's and I was that. like, ah, oh, that's right. I, the discussion I, I put about it in the dark. <laughs> It's in the dock. It's in the, the dock. Name, name of the pod. Well, with that, everyone, that's the end of the podcast. I did not think we'd go this long, as per usual, yet here we are, over an hour and a half, less than two hours. I think that's a good length. Thank you so much for listening if you made it this far. Um, I hope that conversation. Uh, was engaging for you and not challenging. And if it was, I don't know, feel free to let us know. Um, if you did want to do that, you could talk to us all on Twitter. The Minimap account is at MinimapAU. Uh, mine is at KJPalmer underscore 24. Jeremy? At Obi1Jez. Uh, we're all on Twitter over there. So is June at, J- at Junez, J-U-N underscore E-double-S. Nailed it. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to support the show, like I said before, a positive rating for this podcast would be greatly appreciated. If you want to listen to more of us or maybe us in a different format, we have a game club podcast called the Game Spoilers Podcast. We also have a Kissability in Pop Culture Ranking Podcast called The Pecking Order, which is just a great time. Um, and that's about it. Did I mention Patreon again? I don't think I did. I don't think you did. No. If you want to support the show monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash minimapau. Uh, you know, it's hard times at the moment. We understand if you can't or don't feel like it, but the content will be here for you free. Otherwise, we appreciate uh, just your listening and your engaging with our content. Um, aside from that, stay safe, everyone. Have a have a good rest of the week. If the news is overwhelming, you you are not required to stay abreast of it. Maybe just if you absolutely have to skim the headlines once for a couple of minutes at the start of the day, and then never go to the app again. You know, just close it. You don't need all those headlines every two hours. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll be all right. Yep. Um, it's a trying time at the moment, so look, look after yourself. Look after yourselves. And, uh, and we'll see you next week with another episode of the Minimapcast. Until then, stay safe. Uh, we'll see you next time.